Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Writing Excuses, Season 3, Episode 11, Trimming. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And it used to be 20. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. Okay, this is a revision podcast where we're going to talk about perhaps um, the most important part of revision which is learning to trim, learning to cut down your stories. Um, So let's just start with the blanket question of why. Why do we want to cut down our stories? Do we need to cut down our stories? Dan. Um, As a rule of thumb, you can look at any given manuscript and assume it probably is longer than it needs to be. Okay. usually is true. Okay. Um, Is it ever not true? You say usually. I'm sure that it is occasionally. That's a loaded question yeah. because I have met the very occasional author mm-hmm. who is too sparse in their writing. Very yeah. occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you're if you're William Faulkner or James Joyce and you're writing literary fiction that you don't really want to be read during your lifetime, but you are just so in love with your prose that you are going to use these words and you're going to use them in abundance then trimming is anathema. But even then, there's going to be wordsmithing and finding better Mm -hmm. ways to say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trimming forces you to to cut down, to to take out the fat, Mm -hmm. so that what's left is just lean and mean and effective. That you say what you need to say in the best possible way without any bloat. That usually has the effect of making the pace go a little better. Okay. Of... uh, of making the uh, making the writing snappier, clarity. Now, when you say yeah. trimming, when you say trimming the fat, we had a podcast where we talked about killing your darlings. Yes, trimming yes. fat yeah. and killing your darlings are two different things. Exactly, mm-hmm. killing your darlings is when there's something that you loved that's in that book that is, it's hurting the book or it mm-hmm. it belongs in another book. It needs right. its own story and it has to go. Yeah. trimming the fat is when you have a whole bunch of twenty word sentences that should be seven word sentences. Well, yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully not all of them are going to be cut that much. But, <laughs> but, the, but that's yeah. the point. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. um, I, I was talking to F. Paul Wilson at the uh, Stoker Awards, and he said that uh, when he sent his first manuscript to an editor, an agent, I can't remember which, he sent it back just bleeding red. And uh, one of the things he noticed on looking at that, uh, that guy's edit of it was that he had a strong tendency to say things twice. Oh, yeah. And a lot of authors a lot of do, do that it. without even knowing that we do it. We, um, I do it a lot. I know a lot of writers do it. One of the things that we tend to do, and I've mentioned this before, is often as you are learning and getting better as a writer, you will start showing instead of telling. But you yep. will then still tell because your old instincts say, oh, maybe they didn't get it. Um, and mm-hmm. so you'll do this wonderfully showy paragraph where you're showing a lot about this character and then tell us the same thing in the next sentence. Yeah. I find myself all the time when I start scripting comics, um, I, I have four panels 
laid out, framed mm -hmm. in Microsoft Word, and I start dropping text boxes into them. This is a horrible way to try and write because every time I want to type a piece of dialogue, I have to go grab a new text box and start throwing mm -hmm. text in it. But it forces me to be brief, and what I find is that by the time I get to panel four, I'm usually looking at this and saying, oh man, I need to lose 50 words. And I look back at panel one and realize that panel one was, uh, panel one was tell. Panel one was establishing the shot, and I can establish the shot just fine by removing that first line of dialogue and having the new first line of dialogue be a response. And suddenly, all the rest of the dialogue starts flowing faster. Now, the problem for me is that I can't get to that new first line of dialogue without writing the crappy old one. Mm. So I... D well, you don't plan on writing and not yeah, having to that, trim. That's why we're calling this a revision podcast. Yeah. Because, you know, this, this is what you do after you've written the first draft. Right. It'd be great if we could all learn to write just perfectly concise right as we're going along. But that doesn't happen for a lot of us. And if it does, it happens late in our careers. Because I am, there's so many things to juggle when you're writing. Yeah. Um, keeping track of plot, setting, and character. Um, s giving clues for your mysteries and foreshadowing and um, character depth and all of this. Generally, my strategy is to put too much in and then read through it again completely and see what, need, what can come out. Oftentimes, I will restate the same thing paragraph, or chapter by chapter. Not even in the same chapter, but you know, I've, I've, it ha it's been three weeks since I've written a scene from this character's viewpoint. I write myself back into the character's viewpoint, yet the reader, you know, is only, there's only one chapter in between. And so they don't need that all restated for them. It's me trying to. It's that first panel of yeah. mine that doesn't yeah. need to be there. Yeah, mm -hmm. we do that a lot. Um, so what what different strategies do you guys have for trimming? Um, when we were talking about this ahead of time, Dan, didn't you mention something about Moat in God's Eye? I, did I not. mentioned Moat in God's Eye. Okay. I was on a panel with uh, Jerry Purnell, my my very first life, the universe, and everything. Um, and I remember as we were introducing ourselves, I, I said, yeah, and my qualifications for this panel are I write a comic strip and everything has to fit in four panels. And Jerry Purnell pounded his fist on the table and says, son, you're the only one qualified to talk about this. I get paid by the word. <laughs> and I laughed and laughed and felt good about that. And I've got it on video, me being praised by Jerry Purnell. Um, now we but, have it on tape. Now we do. Yeah. Um, that was actually my, Jerry in the <laughs> studio. Um, we brought um, him in. I, I also got to LARP with Jerry Purnell, but I digress. <laughs> Jerry was talking about Moat in God's Eye, and he said we needed to shorten the book by 10%. And each, wor each page was about 500 words long, and so uh, he and Larry Niven sat down and said, well, we need to remove 50 words per page. And so they kept a little chart, and they'd go through the page and remove words and shorten sentences and tighten up paragraphs and keep a log of how much shorter it got. And if one page was 53 words shorter, that was great because the next page, it might be hard to trim, and they'd only get 47 words out. And they went through the whole book that way. And he said it was very tedious, but it also tightened up the writing enormously. And the point that he made during that panel repeatedly when we talked about crispy, crunchy writing was that book continues to earn him and Larry very respectable royalties every year because it's an easy read. It doesn't date itself. And, and the writing's snappy. And the writing is snappy. I love that book. It's a great book. Yep. Um, I like that story because this is actually the strategy I used um, when my editor came to me on Elantris and said, you really need to trim this, Brandon. Um, I want it shorter by 10%. And my logical mind said, okay, 
I'll trim every page by 10%. That way I'll know. And I, I did the same thing. I actually said, okay, this chapter is this many words long. And I did it by chapter, not by page. said, I have to read through and trim this chapter until I've got it down by 20%. Of so each chapter is a file in Word, right? Yeah. Is, is a, or a, in yeah. your Word processor. Yeah. Okay. So you look at the word count on that file and you say, oh, uh, this is, you yep. know, and I make a log 10,000 words yep. long and I need to lose 1,000 of them. Yep. And I, that's, that's what I did. And I actually did that on each of the Mistborn books, too, just because it works so well on, on Elantris. Bye, Jerry. Hey, you know. <laughs> he had to leave early. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He had uh, some stuff to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, Dan, how do you do strategies? it? Strategies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry I, I, smacked him around a little yeah. bit during the break. <laughs> I, I got based. a wrong side of Jerry Pornell mm. about five minutes ago. Anyway, um, I, first of all, writing group is, is extraordinarily helpful for me in this because uh, I can give it to them, give to people who have never read it before, and they can point out things that are uh, too big, you know, unnecessarily big, or this is a place where the plot is slow. That's usually a big key for me. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the tension here is slowing down. The plot is slowing down here, um, okay. and it doesn't feel like it should. There are places where you want it to slow down and be a breath, but if it's not one of those places where I want it to be slow, I go, oh, okay, well, obviously... It's too long, or the scene shouldn't be there at all. I need to trim this down. Um, so you're spot trimming. You're looking at specific scenes. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've never gone through, you know, percentage-wise and tried to cut out words like that. It's mostly just a scene-by-scene, scene, you know, does this need to be here? Is this saying what it needs to say? Is it saying too much? Um, okay. You know, another piece of advice, this, is, this sounds kind of artsy-fartsy, but I've talked about, uh, about poetry before. Mm -hmm. And I think that studying poetry and writing poetry really teaches you how to use words better. Okay. Absolutely. Um, you know, not necessarily because you want your prose to be more poetic, but because it's going to give you more facility with words themselves and well, saying things, you know, in a different way. A couple way. of weeks back when I mentioned that uh, prose trick of, uh, you know, word matching between mm -hmm. the end of a chapter and the beginning of a chapter, that's the sort of thing that poetry does all the time. Yeah. And those sorts of tricks will serve you well in tightening up your prose. You, you communicate more effectively. It's not just using the words to describe things. The words have, wor words have, uh, have more attached to them than just meaning. Yeah. They, have, they have shape, they have texture, they have sound, and you need to explore that in order for your prose to really snap. Mm -hmm. okay. um, Sorry, that you... sounded deep. I didn't yeah. mean to go so deep. Yeah, well, how do you specifically, don't let it happen again. Um, in your bubbles, when you have to cram and get, you have 20 words. Um, wow. How do you, you've typed out a 40 word sentence and you've only got room for 20 words. First of all, I know it's too long when the pacing says this is one character in one panel and there is only room after all the words are in there for me to draw that character's head all the way at the bottom of the panel. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I've done it wrong. Sometimes when there is a long, you know, exposition sort of thing like that, I will, like on a Sunday comic, I'll stretch the panel wide and yeah. run more words. But usually when I am trimming things, the, the first thing I look for is, do I need the adjectives? Are the adjectives there to convey emotion or are the adjectives there because that's okay. the way I said it the first time I said it? Yep. So I'll go, with that, go after mm -hmm. the adjectives first. Uh, you know, Mark Twain said, uh, never use the word very. Yeah. Uh, go through your manuscript and replace the word very with the word damn. And then your editor will edit your document for, and remove all the obscenity. 
and your document will have improved both times. <laughs> okay, um, that's a damn good idea. <laughs> Wait a minute, we have a clean rating. They're um, talking about the. But but know, that's but yeah, you remove the adjectives. Get rid of get rid streams. of very. Get rid of. Uh, and you know. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Rivers and streams. Well, the Greater uh, Marineris mm -hmm. Dam, yeah. which is what uh, my current story is set on. Good save, Brandon. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Moving um, right for, along. For okay. pros, a great trick to, you know, a great trick for pros is dialogue tags. Mm -hmm. Look for dialogue tags. See if you've got the little Tom Swifties in there. See if you even need. I mean, on a second read through, it might be obvious who's talking, right. and you don't need to say he said after every single line. Um, Another one, um, good places usually to trim, and this I say this because it's very close to my heart and it's something I do a lot, is navel-gazing. Um, navel-gazing is the phrase they use in editing circles of the character sitting around and thinking about um, important stuff, um, yeah. stuff that's important to them. And you can get a lot of character depth and a lot of, um, of character conflict through a very personal scene with the character doing introspection. But the longer you do that, the more bloated it's going to become and feel. And it's far more interesting to deal with the issues in the navel-gazing if there is dialogue happening and that issue is under the surface influencing yeah. one of the characters. But you, you can't always do that. You can't always yeah. do that, but... And I, I'm a big proponent of the character taking a moment to consider their problems. Yeah. And these are the scenes I'm talking about. Now, maybe you may want to approach that scene as a dialogue scene instead. Instead, It's I one of the basic ways to I show can't get tell. away with that. Yeah. If I, I say I can't get away with that. I just did uh, six panels, eight panels of schlock with nothing but thought bubbles mm -hmm. um, because there are no other characters. He's right. in a pursuit scene, but it is not him navel-gazing. It is him saying, um, oh, I smell this. Oh, I need to do that. Right. You know, oh no, this isn't working mm -hmm. right. Um, but uh, but very rarely do I let a character deal with his or her emotions by sitting and thinking about it with thought bubbles. Yeah. You but you do do a webcomic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do navel gazing. I like navel gazing, but usually it can be trimmed by about fifty percent as opposed mm -hmm. to ten percent. Um, yeah. When when people talk about how a story is too angsty, mm -hmm. that's because the navel gazing hasn't been properly trimmed. Yeah. Um, let's see, we've talked about repetition in paragraphs. Keep an eye out for that, repeating yourself and across chapters. Um, the passive voice. If you don't know what the oh, passive yeah. voice is, um, we probably don't have time to explain it, and we probably sound like doofuses trying to do so. Um, but it is a really big problem, and one of the big reasons why we say don't use the passive voice is because the passive voice generally takes extra words. It takes extra words, and it sucks up the energy from the story yeah, and it makes it go read as as quick. Yeah, one snappy. of the tricks that I find, and it, it really only works for me because of my very small margins, is that anytime I am seeing a word, whether it be it a conjunction or a, a, a preposition or something, that is being repeated at the end of the same line, where you know I see and, and, or to, to, or there, where, uh, close to each other, I will look closely at that sentence and say, oh boy, that needs to be rewritten. I can't have those two words that close. That's not something that you're going to see in typical paragraph prose, but if you do as Dan said and study some poetry, you will see it because poetry works in those smaller margins. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to give our writing prompt this week. Awesome. I'm Ooh. tired of being picked on. The writing prompt is you are going LARPing with Jerry Pornell. And if you have to <laughs> look up LARP, go ahead. And if you have to find out what Jerry Pornell is like, go ahead and Google that. <laughs> Write a story that involves you LARPing with Jerry Pornell. 
Not Howard LARPing with Jerry Pornell, because he's already appeared in too many of, you, of our writing prompts. And, and then cut it down to half size. <laughs> and then Jerry Pornell or the, the story. Something in the story has to be cut in half. Oh. Oh, Do you big. have any idea how big a light year is? This is the writing excuses. You're out of excuses now. Go write. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.